Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you found the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. So welcome back to Rolly's Out the Back, Max's podcast. It's a brother's takeover. His big brothers have taken over today. He's just pre- big brother's blog. Max is uh, off camera, looking a little bit terrified that this is all going to go tits up, which it probably will. He looks, he looks a bit worried. He's given us a list, hasn't he, James? He has. He has given a list us a of list, things yes. to talk about, starting with the last dance. The, the pressure of his eyes on me is, uh, you know, making me think I might perform better if maybe as, we took him outside and locked him in the shed yeah as is often the case with max's sense of humor he'll start down a road thinking this will be a good idea yeah and now it's come to it and he's wishing we hadn't gone the thing is it's you know it's going to irritate him isn't it if we don't talk about the things that he's written down there we do that, we could talk about the complete opposite things yeah. this is his bit of paper and the quality control maybe if you just cough every sort of 30 seconds or so into the microphone no sort of you know current Lick it, lick the microphone. No sort of current COVID worries or anything like that. Don't worry, I'm not infecting anyone in our home studio here. Just trying to maybe... It's funny you say that, because I did just have a bit of tea going down the, the producer <laughs> a little bit. You know? Yeah. So his list, The Last Dance, is the first one. We should probably try and stick to his topics, otherwise... Uh, we'll never be famous. We'll never be famous, and he will, he will lose it. Uh, so the last dance. You're not a basketball fan, an NBA fan in general, are yeah. you, James? No, I'm not. So what I mean, were your thoughts? It's, on it's, it's, this is very. It could be an interesting conversation. Obviously, we've got um, guy is uh, always been a big fan of basketball and uh, Celtics, my friend. Being the tallest of the three, he was able to sort of attempt to play it at times as well. And then uh, I've never really followed it at all, but we're both big fans, aren't we? Of the documentary, we are. big fan, and it's I think it's had very good ratings overall across the globe. It has. I've been very as a, I think it's a, it, with anything that you are personally interested in, anyone, it's quite nice when a wider audience likes a thing about the thing you already like. If you know what I mean, definitely. So yeah. the fact that the last dance has come on and everyone is talking about it. I mean, we, we all listen to podcasts, watch the news, blah, 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 well, social media, wherever. And everyone has been talking about The Last Dance. So for someone who's been an NBA fan for 20, 20 odd years, 10, 15 years, 
you're just like, oh yeah, finally everyone knows what they've, the record sees it. They see it now at last. So yeah, last dance for those of you who Isn't didn't watch like, it, you know, 20, 30 years too late for everyone to realize. Like prime 90s NBA is, uh, is, is ancient history now. Like what we watched was... It's sort of ancient history, but the, the, past. The, um, the, the league and the sport are slightly weird, I think, in professional sports terms. Because they do American sport a bit. Oh yeah, they're, 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 they're strange. And and they're very strangely set up. I think the NBA specifically because it has very clear-cut eras that have start and finish with particular players or start and finish with particular like dynasties or teams or stuff. So you have like the fifties and sixties where it's like fourteen teams. There's three different leagues. Blah blah blah. So many different players. Just giving Max a thumbs up. Checking we're okay. And uh, we haven't locked him away yet. We haven't That's... locked him out. And uh, so then it kind of moves on and you have like a merger of two different leagues in the States. It right. becomes professional. There's a big cocaine and drug problem in the 70s. And then you get the Magic and Larry Bird time in the 80s. Yeah, it becomes the amazing. Shorts. The short shorts. The Celtics. The Celtics versus the Lakers for 10 years. So it's a 10-year period where two teams win eight championships in the 80s. So it's like it becomes popular and it doesn't have the stigma of drugs and stuff. Right. So it's kind of got popular and then 1990s hits, Michael Jordan's on the scene, the Chicago Bulls going crazy and all of their weird shenanigans that were in the last dance. Mm. And uh, it was just a good era. And then it moves on into where we are now. So, I mean, obviously the Jordan era was massive in terms of boosting the popularity of the sport because he transcended the sport didn't he he became I don't want to say he became bigger than basketball but people, oh, no, that's fair. That's people fair knew who Michael Jordan was before they knew yeah. the name of an NBA team you yeah. know what I was going to ask you like um, having been sort of born in the 90s and being quite young in the 90s like all everything you'd have found out about that Bulls team would have been through you know reading up about it and all that you wouldn't have lived through it do you know yeah. what I mean having watched having watched The Last Dance is there anything that you've sort of learned about this team that you didn't know before or anything that's sort of changed how you feel about it the, the thing that struck me most I mean I sort of you sort of know the vague outlines of it just from like you say from like reading and following the game but the thing that I really struck me about it was how much of a strange bloke Jerry Krause is or was right, yeah, the he's, manager yeah he, he struck me as a, a, a very sort of paranoid man yeah very Napoleon syndrome right you know was never successful himself and kind of held that against people that were were successful like Jordan and mm. Phil Jackson and all these sort of guys so why do you think he felt that way I mean at the end of the day he's a cog in a winning machine he was he's not yeah. as big of a cog as Jordan or, or the, yeah. the, the coach maybe but he's still yeah. part of the but there's, there's, a, there's a definite thing because I think in the NBA and I think it happens in the Euro Leagues as well because like in football you have in American football you have got 60, 70 players on a team in you know European soccer European football proper football you yeah. have like yeah. how many players are in a squad 25, 30 maybe yeah or something like that yeah. um, 25 in yeah. England you have to basketball is 12 to 15 players so it's really small it's really contained so the coach has got a huge impact the general manager has got a huge impact they're all really really interlinked with each other what's the so, difference of the role between the coach and the GM so the GM basically does all the behind the scenes stuff like the salaries and right. signing and hiring and firing and all that sort of stuff. Right. They put the whole thing together, architect the whole thing. The GM is basically the link between the owners of a team and the players. Does the, and the GM coach. have any say in which players are 
you know, on his team, or is it just a case of the um, the coach? Sorry, does the coach have a say as yeah, to who's do. on the team? Yeah, I mean, they do more so now. It just gets given a load of players by the GM and says, "Do something." Yeah, with yeah. That. I mean, they, they they do more so now, but it kind of depends on where the teams are. So, like the really really bad teams mm. are the coach is going to have no say basically because they're trying to rebuild the team and be good and all that sort of stuff. Um, but I think that's that last dance team, the ninety seven ninety eight Bulls, is probably one of the best teams where the general manager and the coach just were not on the same page like mm. if you look at all the other ones historically and at the moment all the good teams the general manager and the coach are on the same page about everything they get along they've worked together for years they sit they've got the same vision they've got the same ideas about how they want to play or what players they want to do and how much they want to spend on this guy yeah. and all that sort of thing um and then the bulls are like the only one where the broken thing that is the organization was still successful right. so so they were actually like relentless winners despite the fact that yeah. behind the scenes the actual hierarchy of the yeah. of the brand was not really on the same page no it wasn't I mean Jerry Krause is probably the guy that gets all the blame for it right because he's certainly in the in the last yeah. dance that's how it, it and I thought it was a shame that that's how it comes across there was, there was one thing that I thought was a real shame about the last dance so, so Jerry Krause Krause I mean um, died about 10-15 years ago something like that right so I didn't I thought it was a shame that that documentary didn't come out earlier where they could have interviewed him. Yeah, they like could how have How interesting would it have been to have, have his the current mastermind opinion. behind the whole thing yeah. who hated this creation. <laughs> He's come up with this winning, you know, superstar team, superstar player. They win everything. And he absolutely hated all of them, basically. That's yeah. the impression I got from the documentary. Anyway, that he just hated all the players, didn't want any of them on the team, had his own vision. And it was all about Michael and it wasn't about him. Right. So that would have he, been... A, you thought he wanted it to be about him? Because that implies that he's got, you know, a huge ego. And I, I don't think anyone's going to have as big an ego as, as MJ in this, no. in this uh, documentary. But, like, I didn't... I got the feeling that he was actually a bit insecure. Yeah. You know, and that he was a bit... Well, in, in a way, he could sort of do with a bit more of an ego, you know. Yeah. I, never, I don't really know Krause's, like, backstory, like how he got to be where he was. I think they explained it a bit in the in the documentary, but I can't really remember how he got there because most GMs are, like, former players or they were scouts or they've always been involved in the game in some way or the other. So um, he must have had something to do with that. But um, he didn't seem to be... He seemed to be, like, a business bloke and a brand, like the Chicago Bulls brand was mm. what he was worried about, not the, the basketball team. It was like Steve, it seemed like he, if he was Steve Jobs, he's worried about the Apple company rather than whether or not an iPod actually works. Right, yeah. Um, so it just, he seemed like a really strange choice yeah. to be headlining maybe this he was insane just insane team, you know? Maybe he was just a bit too much of a suit and he didn't really have that. Yeah, uh, maybe. I don't know if passion is the right word, really, but that drive that you've got to have in like top elite level sport. If yeah. you're the, if you're one of the players or you're a coach, you know, it's you've got to be absolutely relentless every day and yeah. keep those standards so high that you know nothing. It's certainly like during the season, nothing else other than winning as much as yeah. you can is nothing else really matters. Yeah, you know? and I can't think of another team. I mean, no, no. I mean, no team's ever had Jordan, obviously, but um, or the guy that level because he is the greatest ever. But I can't think of another team where there was so much drama, not to do with basketball, like constantly. Yeah. That was still a successful team. Like if you look back at the the dynasties in the eighties with the Lakers and 
Larry Bird and all that sort of stuff in the Celtics. They were all great, great teams, won loads of titles, but the teams were really cohesive. They all got along. Yeah. All the drama off the field was like completely hushed over. I mean, the stuff that Magic Johnson and the Lakers used to get up to in Hollywood during the 80s, you know, it's just beggar's belief but right. it was kind because of normal mates they managed to sort yeah, yeah. of keep it out of the it, press it wasn't really it wasn't really each other's backs it was stuff. all in the press i mean everyone knew what was going on but right. they never it was never like the talking point the talking point was the fact that they were winning championships but yeah. the balls is like you know they, they talk just as much of how good they were at winning and how many championships they won as well as how dodgy the team was off the court how weird Darrenis Rodman was, how much of a diva Scotty could be. It was like the drama around it was almost just as big a news. I mean, does that not game. say a lot about the um, ability of these players, you know, as athletes, yeah. as performers, not just Jordan, but the other two that you mentioned as well, the fact that you can have all this circus going on around yeah. them and yet still it really they're sort of producing the goods every single time, yeah. you know. It really showcased, I mean, the big thing that I've seen on social media about the whole documentary is just... Like everyone keeps focusing in on how unbelievably relentless Jordan is as a competitor and how yeah. that kind of spills into everyone else. So well, it's like I think, regardless of the contract stuff or Dennis Rodman doing Dennis Rodman things, the very thing that, you know, they're successful purely because Jordan is absolutely relentless yeah. in his competitive nature. And they just have to take any any rough that might come with that is uh, yeah. is worth putting up with for the smooth which is when he's on the court, yeah. you know, he's absolutely... And yeah, he changed the league. He's I mean, a monster. Changed the league, changed professional sports in general. Yeah. Um, you know, he owns one of the teams now. He's worth something like two and a half billion dollars. Really? Um, through his shoes and his brand and now owning a team. He doesn't look in the, the best of health, I must say. He doesn't look in the best of health, no. He didn't look that good. I mean, his he eyes... Just like too much drinking or... Well, they had in every shot of him sitting down... In all of his interviews, he had a glass of whiskey and he a cigar. Did, didn't he? Yeah, that's what that's what made me wonder if that's yeah. what it was. One of the pundits I listened to were like, "Oh, does this does this documentary make Jordan look really bad?" And they were like, "The thing that makes him look bad is the massive pack of cigars sitting next to him, yeah, and the he whiskey, like a and this amazing mansion that he has." So yeah, he was a he's a really strange bloke, Kraus. Yeah. Right? You know, Jordan, I mean, it's just the relentlessness of Jordan is probably what well, I mean, it must were, be is the thing that, that that was successful about. Yeah, I mean, they were, a, you know, an amazing team. And I've learned this through um, not having any knowledge or ever having watched NBA, but just through having watched The Last Dance and learning through the documentary that, you know, this team is obviously one of the best ever. And the fact that you can... Uh, talk about them in a in a documentary like 25 years later and not only NBA fans but non-NBA fans are yeah. you know connecting with um, with this team they're respecting their achievements and, yeah. and the whole thing just makes for a really interesting watch basically yeah. like, I hate to bring it back to football um, because I know it's not the be all and end all but it's pretty much the only thing I know anything about um, there was a Real Madrid team in the 2000s um, era that were known as the Galacticos. Right. And uh, they essentially bought all of the best players in the world. It was like Raul and... Yeah, they, had, guys they had the original Ronaldo from Brazil. They had David Beckham, of course, um, with his lovely new haircut. Um, they had, you know, various others in, in, in defence in midfield. And then they had Zinedine Zidane and... I guess the headbutt guy. Yeah, right? I mean he he was yeah he he was famous for uh, 
headbutting a player in his last ever professional game before Amazing. retiring. I mean, what a way to go. He went out with a bang, uh, a head bang. Yeah, he was um, he was like Chief Galactico. You what know, did they so. win? Were they did they, were they world conquerors like the Bulls? Or they? they they were yeah they were they won. Um, I mean, I think Real Madrid, the Champions League, which is the the new version of the European Cup, has been going since about ninety five, and I know Real Madrid have won the most of those. I think it's about twelve, and um, a lot of them would have come during this period. I can't remember exactly how many, but the the only. Um, that's the only sort of within my sports bubble. Yeah. The only thing that I can think of that is comparable to this Bulls team is that you had, you know, the best player in the world, Michael Jordan in basketball, thinking, right, well, how can we give him the best chance of being the best is by getting as many good players around him as possible yeah. that are the best at what they do. Like, the, you know, the defence and rebound of Rodman, for example. Yeah. It was the same thing at Real Madrid. We just... Yeah we've got the best player in the world we'll get as many of the other best players that we can around him you know but Zidane was he was like the Michael Jordan of that team you yeah know? and you every you know sports every now and then does bring together like yeah. the only other one that I can think of I mean I, I don't know anything about football really but the only other sort of sports team that I know that was that level of kind of Michael Jordan dominance is the 2015 World Cup winning uh, New Zealand All Blacks of course rugby yeah um, of course because the, the only other sport that I know anything about at all yeah. other than frisbee um, <laughs> yeah it was this 2015 All Blacks team and it's they were I think they're similar in the in that sort of all the key players were now not at the end of their careers but sort of coming to the end of their primes mm. um, and you've got you know, if you, in 2015, if you took a poll of the 10 best rugby players in the world, seven of them would have been on that all-black team. Right. Something like that. It was it was just like un Did they an all, unfair advantage. Yeah. Were they, they all sure everybody? You know, I think rugby is quite a, how can I put it? It's a humble sport, isn't it? Do you know yeah. what I mean? Then then they don't have the egos of footballers or especially American the, especially sportsmen. Especially the Kiwis. Yeah. Having, yeah, having grown up in, yeah. you know, that... A little corner of the world where they're just totally. Well, they only care about one thing: the rest of Western yeah. culture, and that's rugby and winning it for its own self-satisfaction. I would imagine that they're more of a, you know, yeah. But that's got I more mean, of a team than maybe the Bulls were behind the scenes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they're like years in development as well. I mean, World Cups are every four years, aren't they? So, mm. um, in any sport, so they're sort of years and years, you know, decades in the planning. I mean scouts and stuff in World Cups would be the same in football and any other World Cup I know it's the same with basketball in the FIBA World Cup they're sort of looking not at the next World Cup in two or four years time but they're look, they're also planning for like eight years and 12 years and mm. 16 years after that so you kind of do get these every now and then get these kind of crazy dynasties which are which are good fun which are good fun do you think um, you know your continued love of basketball will convince you to buy like NBA 2K. Well, what, what's what's the new one that's gonna that's gonna come out? The well, new one is, is. Is there one available for this generation, or are we gonna have to wait for the next generation? Um, of I'm consoles? not 100 sure on that. I think there was a bit of um, so 2K Sports is like so they they're a weird they're a really weird game developer because they it's EA isn't it? I'm not sure actually. I'm not sure. Um, I think they might be their own thing. Um, but they're a really weird developer. Like their two most their most prominent games are NBA 2K and WWE. Oh yes, of um, which just seem like 
if you could pick a sport, like pick any, think think of any sport and how easy is that sport to translate into a video game? WWE and basketball just seem like two of the hardest <laughs> that you could yeah. try and do. Football as a concept as a sport is quite easy to translate into a video game. So um, wrestling, I haven't played a wrestling game for a long time, but you know, I. They still I grew get such up, a I grew massive up enjoying wrestling in my little group of friends, and uh, we did have a laugh on those games yeah. back in the day. They're a bit of a laugh. They're a TLC bit of a novelty and all that. Yeah, kind of exactly. Thing. I've never played any of the sort of more recent 2K WWE ones, but yeah, there's a new the new NBA will come out every year. It does with FIFA, you know, it's the it's the same it's the same product every year yeah, with a, a franchise. New, exactly, it's a new yeah. it's a new disc case. And that's kind of the newest thing about the game, and they still convince you to pay forty nine ninety nine for it yeah. every year. The reason I asked you was like I was um, I saw some uh, details about like the new PS five and that. Not yeah. just wondering what you thought about it. There's not been a release date for it yet. I don't think they Is that because of nailed a date down that we're going to release it. But I'm pretty sure it will come out this year they will want to do is that you know, because for the, of the pandemic the christmas holidays and that sorry is that because of the the sort of delay of everything at the moment with the lockdown yeah i mean obviously delayed. the the situation in the world has has made a lot of people look at changing their plans i guess yeah. both like the everyday man and huge conglomerates and businesses of everyone's going to be affected by it but you know whatever's happened in uh yeah, I mean, it also, um, whatever, whatever's happened in 2020, you can be sure that that they will want to take advantage of, uh, you know, the holidays yeah. and how I much thought, money people spend around yeah. that time. Well, that's, yeah, I mean, yeah, the holidays and Christmas, everyone's going to spend money on video games around then. But I'd have thought, like, going into lockdown, mm. video games would have been one of the industries well, where, they're, yeah. where, they're, where they're, like, the EAs of the world and the rock stars of the world would have been like, tell you what, mate, let's try and rush a game out. Yeah, no, definitely. Because everyone's going to be at home. Let's let's try and rush out GTA 9 or whatever the hell is going to be coming out. Let's rush it out maybe two months early. Yeah. I know Assassin's Creed are churning them out at a rate of knots, but... Well, they thought, do anyway, they yeah, don't. They, they would have never been anyway. shy about... But I would have thought they would have been like more day, new releases. six months. Because you kind of saw it, they, like, it's particularly in the US, where so they were monitoring it for quite a while. I would have thought, you know, Rockstar and Bethesda and all the big, mm. big companies would have been like, okay, this is meant to come out in October. Let's see if we can move it up to April yeah. so that we've got two months of people sitting at home yeah. playing the new Red Dead 9 or whatever. I mean, you are right in what you say about um, how, you know, the lockdown might have affected gaming. I mean, the, the, the vast majority of like businesses and economies across the world are going to be completely destroyed by what's happened. But there are a few... There are a few things out there where, where maybe they would actually benefit from people being at home a lot more. Yeah, you know, video in the house, in the house every day, and video games is yeah, it's definitely going to be one yeah. of those. Definitely. Home baking is another one. Home baking has definitely uh, improved. Yeah, lots of people home baking. So, what are you playing at the moment? What is the the video game that um, you're currently I've, on, old on re- release? Yeah, I did. On the PS Network, you can download something for free every month. Yeah. Um, if you're a, if you've got Plus and all that kind of thing. Um, I don't know if you. God, when was it now? This lockdown's been so long. Maybe uh, April's game or March's game. Right. At the start of lockdown, there was Shadow of the Colossus basically for right, free yeah. on the network, and I downloaded that. Had a go with it for a little while, and then eventually I thought I'm just going to start The Witcher Three again because I know that I've got it and I know that it's amazing. And I know that I will enjoy it probably yeah. 
far more than trying to download another game that I know is free but that's taking up memory space and that will probably delete anyway after yeah. a month I've been tempted by some of the witches recently and I'll tell you why um, so I've been playing a little bit of Assassin's Creed Odyssey because it was bought for me and right. um, so you feel morally obligated so I felt a little bit morally obligated to play it um, I got quite bored quite quickly yeah. as I have done with every Assassin's Creed let's be honest mate if you've, played, one, if you've played them all if you played one number two, two you've yeah, played them all if you, yeah exactly it's um, never going to get better than Ezio it's not so I, I sort of gave it a bit of a go and I was watching some reviews about Black Flag the one that came out the pirate, pirate one, one yeah. and they were sort of saying how that was kind of the last great one but, well, even, but, but even then it wasn't was as good so as two ago, that was ages ago that was yeah. so long ago um, but that got me into watching a review of this guy who was talking about um, RPGs in general mm-hmm so he was kind of comparing Skyrim to Witcher 3 to Odyssey to um, the Fallout. Fallout games, yeah, and all these sorts of things. And he was basically pulling apart why The Witcher 3 is so successful and so mm-hmm. good compared to Odyssey. Right. And it's because you already have a... He was basically... His, his overriding point is like you have a set character, but all your decisions you make still would be made by the character, whichever one you choose. So if you get four options and all of them are still reasonably possible for that character. Yeah. Whereas like Odyssey is a failure because you the, 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 the main character has no character. Yeah. So you can make one decision that completely goes against it and doesn't change the environment or the, the world you interact with. The character you've got is yeah, just yeah. specimen A effectively. Exactly, it's yeah. specimen A. With no personality. Decision, or, yeah, exactly. All the decisions yeah. don't have an impact yeah. on the game or later down the line. They're just for you to sort of feel like you've got some sort of customization. Yeah. And I mean, I, th- I think that there's a lot about, there's a lot about the Witcher that a lot, you know, other games can, can look at and learn from, I think. And, um, something my, my girlfriend mentions, like when she sees me play it is that when he's actually talking, there's very little emotion there or anything yeah. like that. You know, she's like, couldn't they have found a better actor to play the main character of this game? And because he sounds bored all the time. Yeah. But then you listen to the, the, the quality of the voice acting in, in some of the other characters. I mean, they don't even have to be characters. You just ride through a little uh, yeah. village or whatever on your horse and you can hear all the, all the scrumpies talking like that. Yeah, you? Yeah. Have you found me pan and all that kind of thing? Did you watch? Where's me wench gone? Yeah. Did you watch the Witcher? I'm assuming you watched the Netflix show. Yeah, we did, yeah. Have you read the books that they're based on? Well, um, that's a work in progress, <laughs> let's say that. I'm definitely interested that's in no, it. I would, I would like that's to know. It's a firm no at the moment. It's a firm yeah. no. I, I, won't lie to, I won't lie to the audience. <laughs> yeah. Um, just wrapping it up quickly. Um, we're getting, just the, hands, your we're getting on, the hand signal, so we've got to leave. Yeah, yeah. We're playing charades as well as recording at the same time. We're multitasking here. Just your thoughts on... Uh, the, as as a last thought, the question is, what do you think of The Last of Us Part 2? I know you're a huge fan of Part 1. You must have seen the videos that they've released. Yep. And obviously, you know, what you're about to say comes with the caveat of knowing that it's going to be released on the next-gen console and that you probably won't be able to afford it anyway. So This is true. This is true. So is that. a slight sort of bit of background info on that. So I, I don't really play many RPGs. I'm not an RPG playing gamer i like right. strategy battle games strategy building games and i like sports games but having said all that the last of us is my favorite game of all time yeah. which i've said to you before you have Off not been trying about this You're it's my angry. favorite game so i am absolutely over over the moon hyped for the last yeah. of us the look of it i know i mean I, it looks as if if they would release the cutscenes in a cinema in imax 
yeah. would quite happily pay yeah 15 quid to just go and watch it the cutscenes. it, no, does, look it does look that so good it does look that good so I am super psyched I mean has there been a price for the next gen PS5 god no they haven't they haven't released a price I feel I like think, that's something they, they would, wouldn't um, dare do yeah exactly they would look like uh, it would look a bit cruel wouldn't yeah. it, if they did it now um, but you're right no the, obviously we haven't seen a lot of gameplay nobody's played any demos or anything and it's it's going to be a long time before you know the average gamer is yeah. in a position to afford to play it probably but certainly from what we've seen released I think you can be very excited about it very very excited the graphics are phenomenal like you say that's the first thing that you notice but not just the sort of the quality of, of how they've uh, drawn the faces and stuff but like light and shade yeah. and shadow the, the, their their mastery of that if you like just yeah. makes it even more realistic and, and adds even more to it what I'm looking forward to is that I mean they did the, the first Last of Us was very very aware of its what you could and couldn't do and what would work and what it it, it, it didn't play it safe but it was yeah. it was we're it gonna, had basic we're, mechanics yeah, really, we're gonna it? do we're gonna do these 10 things but we're gonna do them all perfectly yeah so um, the stuff like with the the tickers or whatever those zombies were called I mean, they were terrifying. Those scenes were absolutely terrifying. Yeah. And I sort of trust the developer because of how well they know how to stick to their marks. Yeah. Um, I trust... Naughty Dog have always been really good exactly, at that. I mean, yeah. they, they blew up. Obviously, they exploded, didn't they, with the Uncharted series. Yeah. And, you know, all that Nathan Drake could really do was jump and shoot a gun yeah. and wisecrack. You and know, they, that were, they, were they did all games. of that so well that yeah. it just didn't matter. It was, so it was I do, fantastic. I do trust Naughty Dog to be like, we can ramp this up, but yeah. we know how to do it so that it would... Their quality work. control yeah, is, yeah, is, is exactly. the standard, the bar that everyone else needs exactly. to reach. Uh, it was fun talking to you, mate. And uh, Likewise. Maybe Good to see you for the first time in since beginning of lockdown I know, six weeks I know. ago thanks to Dominic Cummings we can see each other as much as we want now exactly we but we don't talk about politics no, on rollies out the back it's a politics free zone we on don't. that bombshell it's time we'll to end there we'll leave it Max is looking a little bit tense so we'll uh, we'll go all it a day he's, he's, and, wanna, and we can uh, Twitter. we can we, no. he's asking us if we want to plug any of our social media channels rate my plate at rate my plate I think I think we don't want to do that because we, we value our privacy. So um, we'll leave it there. Thank you for listening, if you ever do. And uh, They do. Don't be mean. Of course they do. They you do. cynical bastard. Well, you do. I do, yeah. Well, you'll just be listening to yourself now, so well, that's, that's all that matters. Selfless. Mate, this podcast is going to get hundreds of players. If we get... If the it's one that hits a million views is the one where... Home. We took over and did it ourselves. How, How funny would that is actually be? <laughs> How funny How would that? Is I would really? love that. I love it. Next week, YouTube buys 100 million. <laughs> first, <laughs> spends 100 million on the guys that took over his brother's podcast. Yeah. And on that note, we're obviously booked in for the next 40 episodes. So exactly. That's good. So we will need to think of some stuff to talk about because it took us long enough to come up with this. It did, yeah. This, this started and, off as and, a bit and, of a, a gag for Max to show off his equipment, yeah, and as as fledged into a fully sized. And we ended up being podcast. very eloquent about the only things that we really have any thing in common about, like games. Yeah. <laughs> so next time we'll really be struggling. Games. But yeah, we'll leave it there. Yeah. Thanks. Next next time we'll just do impressions from Disney. So, bye. 
deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Normally, being a little extra can be a bit much, but when it comes to healthcare, it pays to be extra. And United Healthcare makes it easy with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they supplement your primary plan, helping you manage out-of-pocket costs without the usual requirements and restrictions like deductibles and enrollment periods. So when it comes to covering your medical bills, you can feel good about being a little extra. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.